welcome to Preach the Word podcast. My name is Ashton McDonald, and I'm your host. Today's episode is a sermon that was shared by Pastor Shad McDonald on July 10th of 2022. The scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 64 and verse 1. The sermon is titled, A Plea for His Presence. If you would like to stay up to date with the most recent episodes of the podcast, please subscribe. And you can also share an episode with friends or with family by tapping the share button. And if you would like to contact us, you can do so by emailing preachthewordpodcast at gmail.com. Be encouraged today as Pastor McDonald talks to us about a plea for his presence. Thank you for listening. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence. As when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thy adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence, when thou didst terrible things which were not, which were looked not far, thou camest down, the mountains flowed at thy presence. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness, those that remember thee in thy ways. Behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned, in those is continuance, and we shall be saved. My text is the first line there of verse 1. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down. A single word, come. So if the Lord will stand by me, I want to title this, a plea for his presence. Isaiah is speaking to God Almighty and petitioning God for the Lord to come to them. His nation is one that is in rebellion. They are backslidden and there is gross iniquity all around. And he realizes the only answer and the only hope for them is for God to come. And as we look at the iniquity and the ungodliness and the pathetic situation that our country is in today, we need God one more time to come to us. I want to talk to you tonight about you and I making that petition to God that we implore Him, that we invite Him, that we call upon Him with importunity and we ask Him to one more time grace us with His presence. We need God to come. It's important that you come. I am so thankful for your faithfulness. I am so thankful that you see the need to come. 
But more importantly, we need God to come. We need God among us. I want you to notice something in this uh, petition that uh, Isaiah makes. And I want you to see his prayer to God that agonizes for revival. The prayer to God that agonizes for revival. Have you ever wondered of why we do not see the revival we need? Does it bother you that there are seats that are empty? Does it bother you when you hear of churches that are closing? Recently, I was told of a church that I preached in many years ago up in the northern part of the country. Because of the lack of interest, they just closed it down. And that disturbs me. And if the Barner poll is correct, they say that due to the COVID pandemic, that within five years, two of every five churches in America will close. I some time ago heard a minister lament that a many of their churches in their organization they were having to call off services because of the lack of ministers to fill the pulpit, the lack of interest. And because of the want of interest, they're cutting off their schedule of services. And sad to say, there are many churches, even in Mobile County, that only have one service a week. And really, you know, when you don't want to go to church, any old excuse will do. I mean, it can be grandma's sister's husband, cousin, removed third time, a man that's got a toe ache, and we'll have to dis, you know, dismiss church. But the fact of the matter is, we need church more than ever before. We need to be faithful to the house of God. And I know that you are, but I'm saying to all those in Radio Land that are listening, uh, Mixler can't take the place of church. Uh, <clears throat> Audio and visual can't take the place of church. When you're able, you need to be in the house of God. And so I appreciate those that are faithful. And God bless you for your faithfulness. And I know there's sickness that happens. And when it happens, we can't do anything about that. And so that's why we need to be faithful when we can. We need to be faithful when we can to be in the house of God. And so the prophet here, he makes this prayer and he agonizes for revival. Notice the passion of his desire. Those two words in the very first sentence, oh, that. It seems like we've lost that oh in our prayers. I remember hearing a young minister one time say that he wished that he could say oh like Brother Ralph Horton could. Brother Ralph, it seems like he could just hold that out forever. Oh, I've heard him plead for the lost. I've heard him reach for the sinner. I've heard him preach for the backslider. And you could hear the passion in his plea. You could sense the burden that was in his word. Oh, I remember back in June of 1992, I went to Weatherford, Texas to preach the Straight Path Camp. They had leased the Church of God campground. It was a massive auditorium. And I remember one day I was praying in the auditorium in the back. And unbeknownst to me, some people had come into the building with a young boy of about 15 years old. And, 
and they were down in the far side of the auditorium and I just could make them out way on the other side and and suddenly I heard I heard that young boy say oh and he began to cry and I went over to see what was going on and his mother uh, was uh, in kidney failure uh, during the time of the camp and she had died unexpectedly while he was there at the camp and the counselors had to call him in and tell him that his mother had passed on and that oh was so pathetic that oh was so heart rendering and i did all i could to try to console his broken heart but if i live to be a hundred i'll never forget that oh i wonder what is it going to take for us to get back to that oh that agonizes for revival i think of david there with his men about him and he says oh that one would give me drink of the water of bethlehem he's thirsty and he remembers the sweet cold water of the well of bethlehem and he says oh that someone would give me a drink oh could we get that thirsty for revival could we get that thirsty for a move of God and we could cry, oh, God, send us revival. Oh, God, I'm thirsty for a move of the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, I'm thirsty to see souls saved. Oh, God, I'm thirsty to see my family in the house of God. What about it, Landmark? Could we get that thirst for God that we could cry, Oh, Lord, I need it as much as a thirsty soul needs a drink of water. Oh, God. I'm reminded <coughs> of that <coughs> prayer that's found in Second Chronicles of Jabez and Jabez, and his name meant born with sorrow. Simply to say that when he was birthed, his mother named him Jabez, and that meant I bore you with sorrow. I don't know if his father had met an untimely death on the battlefield and he came into this world a fatherless child but some type of sorrow and pain and hurt and loss had came to this baby's mother and she called him Jabez to say I, I bore you with sorrow but the one thing we do know about Jabez is his prayer and his prayer was oh that thou wouldest bless me indeed that's the prayer that Jabez made he called out to God and said Lord I need you and may I say landmark that's what we need most is God God to bless us. I thank God for the good church he's gave us. We're blessed. Look around. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's very accommodating and appropriate. And it fits us well. We've labored loyally and long. And it's been the blessings of God that's brought us here to have church. And what we now need that we're here is just to have him crown us with his goodness. And send the blessing of the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Don't let us get to the place that we think because we have a nice facility that that's all we need. We need God's blessing. 
We need the blessing of the Holy Ghost. We need the blessing of the Spirit of God upon our singing, upon the preaching, upon our altars. We need God's blessings. <coughs> I think we've lost that oh, that thirst is for revival. We've lost that oh, that agonizes for the blessings of God. And then I think of Job, and he said, Oh, that I might have my request, and God would grant me the thing that I long for. May I ask you, please, what is that prolonged petition that you have put before God? That one thing that you have asked God for, may I say, keep crying out with that plaintive, Oh, and say, Lord, eventually I'm going to get my request. Eventually I'm going to see that. And David, the psalmist, he says, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, that I might fly away and be at rest. And then when I think of this cry, this passionate plea of, Oh, I cannot help but think of the weeping prophet Jeremiah as he laments the backsliding of his nation. And he said, Oh, that my head were waters and mine eyes a fountain of tears that I may weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of our people. Friend, take time to look around and look at the backsliding that is among us. Look at the compromise and the complacency and the coldness that has crept into our churches somebody needs to get a burden and say oh God send us revival may I say that the revivals that I have known <clears throat> were birthed because men and women had a burden the revivals that I have seen came because somebody lamented for the lost and somebody cried out for those that were complacent, cold-hearted, and compromising. Somebody was a-praying. May I say that it's going to have to be you and I. I remember <coughs> the story told of a great preacher of many long years. He was praying one night, and he had been praying most all night. And his wife went to him in the next room and said, John, you need to get up out of that cold floor and you need to come to bed. You've prayed most all night. Where he looked at her and said, Mary, how can I not pray? My people are going to hell. <laughs> And may I say that we're going to have to wake up and realize that if those sinners are not going to pray for themselves, we're going to have to pray for them. We're going to have to get a burden landmark. My heart has been stirred of late. Now you know, and we all understand that pioneering a work and endeavoring to do what we're in, attempting to do, we knew it would not be easy. We knew that there would be letdowns and setbacks and there would be times that we would have to plow and, and work hard and it seemed like our labor would not be appreciated. But did you really think that it would be done without prayer? Did you really think it would be done without tears? Did you think it would be done without a burden? Have I got somebody to help me preach tonight? It's going to take agonizing. It's going to take seeking the face of God. 
Notice, please, the passion of his desire. Oh, and the picture that is drawn. There, there, there's a word here that Isaiah uses, rend. Oh, that thou wouldest rend. And the word picture there is a warrior that is within his tent. And there comes a call to battle. And he does not even take time to open the tent flap. He unsheathed his sword and he cuts a hole in the tent as he rushes out to run to the aid of his fellow soldiers. And that's what that picture there is. Oh, that thou wouldest rim the heavens. God, would you be a mighty man of war? And would you open the canopy of heaven and come down to us? Friend, what we need is a divine intervention. We need God to show up. Oh, hallelujah. We need God to show up. Notice the prayer to God that agonizes for revival. And then the presence of God that assures revival. Three times in these verses there is the phrase, At thy presence. Look at how the almighty power of God is described as the melting fire that burneth. Here's our greatest need is melting fire. Has anybody noticed how much coldness there is that has crept into the church today? Has anybody noticed how much coldness has crept into the world today? Jesus told us that in this day the love of many would wax cold. There's coldness in our world, coldness in our churches. We lack fire. We have form, but we don't have any fervency. We have programs, but we don't have no power. We've become lukewarm, lazy, and lethargic. And because we don't have earnestness and desire, just any old thing will do. As if God can be pleased with our leftovers. As if God can be satisfied with what little time we have to give him. As if God will just have to make do with what little bit of time that we can allow him. And it's because we've become cold hearted to the things of God. I guess really I ought to be bragging on you. You're so good and you're such wonderful people, but I think that you'd realize and agree with me, please, what we need to do is get on fire. And we need to pray like we've never prayed before. And we need God to come down and melt our hearts. I, uh, I remember a, a young boy that went to a, a preacher meeting and and an uh, older preacher asked him later, said, uh, what'd you preach on? And he said, I preached on hell. The old preacher asked the young preacher, said, did you do it with tears? Is it enough to tell a world they're going to hell or do we need to do it with tears? Do you think that we need God to melt us? 
to make us more careful that we don't look down on people, but that we look upon people with compassion. And you say, well, they should not have got themselves in that pathetic situation. Where would you be were it not for the mercy of God? Where would you be were it not for God's long-suffering and God's patience and God's kindness and God's mercy? We need that melting fire to soften our hearts. Oftentimes, if we're not careful, we can become callous and unfeeling toward one another. And because of that, we don't have patience with each other. We don't have time for one another. And we need God to soften our hearts. If I live to be 100, I'll never forget back in 98, somewhere along in there, I heard Brother Steve Moore preach a message about walking a mile in another person's shoes. And he preached tremendous. And while he was preaching, I happened to look over across the way and I seen an individual there. And as they wept, I wept for them and wept with them because I realized that they were walking a road that they had never walked before and they were put into a very difficult situation because of someone else's sin and a wise pastor was just simply saying before you grow impatient with someone you might better think what would I do if I were in that situation we need God to soften our hearts. We need God to melt us until we have feeling of concern and compassion one for another. Come as melting fire that burneth, that causes the waters to boil, the mountains to flow down. The adversaries of the people of God are dissolved. God sends melting fire and it just melts a mountain. Wow. Things sure get big sometimes, don't they? Just so tall and so wide. You can't circumvent them. You can't tunnel through them. You can't climb over them. You just got a mountain in your way. And then God sends melting fire that burneth and it causes mountains to just flow down. God's presence just laid everything low. Up there in the Richlands area, there was a dear saint that for years and years in prayer request would pray that God would move her mountain. And the story is told, and I've traveled up that way, and, and I thought a lot about it, traveling that four lane, 460. And they said that she had request for God to move that mountain. 
because if God would move that mountain, it would cut her travel time and trip down to church by about 15 minutes because because of that mountain, she had to go around the mountain and it was 12 miles longer. And people would laugh about her prayer request that God would move her mountain and save her that 12-mile drive. Well, by and by, after a few years, the state of Virginia put a four-lane highway through and the 460 goes right through that mountain. And I was up there just a while back, and if you look up on the side of that mountain, they put a big old Vietnam memorial up there. But so that they could put that Vietnam memorial up there, they put that four-lane highway through, and they cut that mountain halfway in two. God moved that lady's mountain. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. That's the kind of God I serve. He can move your mountain. What kind of mountain you got in your way? Well, you know, it may not be a physical mountain. It may not be a literal mountain. But ever what it is, it's just as immovable and difficult as a mountain. God is able to move your mountain. I feel the Spirit of the Lord right now. <laughs> Glory to God. Would you lift your hands and just honor the Lord right now and give somebody faith to believe, Lord, you're going to move that mountain? <laughs> Thank you, God. Lord, you're going to do that for me. <laughs> God, you're going to do that for me. I believe I'd praise him right now. Gwen, thank you for what he's going to do. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost right now. The mountains flow down in thy presence. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. In these verses, the prayer to God that agonizes for revival, the presence of God that assures revival, and the praise to God that accompanies revival. Thou camest down. Verse 5, thou meetest him that rejoiceth. Hallelujah. Friend, when God comes, we're going to be rejoicing. Hallelujah. The reproach of our sin is removed. And the response of those that is saved is rejoicing. Ours now is a voice of cheer. He came. Thou camest down. And when that revival comes, we're going to be so glad that we prayed on, that we were faithful, and we kept the lights on, and we persevered, and we didn't get discouraged. And just right when it seemed like we couldn't 
hold out any longer. He came. <laughs> now, I hope that you don't think that I'm a little bit too charismatic. But I just can't help but believe that God's going to send us a big one one day. <laughs> we were driving home today, and Kathy looked over at me, and she said, I am just as confident and I am just as sure as I have ever been that God's going to visit us at Landmark one day. <laughs> that encouraged me. And somehow or another, there's just something that stirs down in my heart every now and then. <laughs> that one of these days, we're going to get the big one that God's going to send us a revival. <laughs> God's going to send us souls. And we're going to be so glad we held out for a move of God. <laughs> and we're going to shout and rejoice because he showed up. Hallelujah. And I'm asking you, will you commit? And will you make that pledge, God? I'm going to stay faithful here till you show up. Hallelujah. I'm believing you for it, God. <laughs> I'm trusting you to do it, Lord. You're standing with me all over the house. Thank you so much for your attention. Father, thank you, Lord, for your Holy Ghost. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the promise of revival that I feel in my heart. Thank you for the pledge of your presence, Lord, that if we will call to you, that you will come down to us. <clears throat> Do it for us in this place tonight. While your heads are bowed, I want you to take a moment, please, to just review my words for just a moment. Think over what I've tried to say. Do you need God to stir you again to prayer? Have we become slack in our prayer time? And maybe because it seems like that our petition has been prolonged have we got weary with asking? And it seems like that that mountain is just so big. It's like, what's the use to even pray? But are there anybody in the house tonight that will recommit? Say, I'm going to get back to that passionate, oh of prayer believe God to move my mountain <laughs> altars open altars open God bless you thank you for your response
We feel the hunger deep inside. It has been too long since we have failed the race. There's a price that must be paid. Give us patience, Lord, to wait until we hear from heaven once again. Oh, we need to hear from heaven the sound of a rushing wind. We need to feel the fire, the kind that burns out sin. We need a Holy Ghost revival to turn the hearts of men. We need to hear from heaven. Sound of a rushing wind. We need to feel. 